nigga find me in the club. Bottle full of bub, mama, I got what you need. If you need to fill a buzz, I'm in the having sex, I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug, you in the getting rough. You can find me in the club. Come close, take my hand and stand nearby. We are going on a journey we like to call I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast. This is the podcast which features the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons, staring on the prospect of entertainment relevance. I am your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, who are those guys that do that thing with the objects. And I'm joined, as always, by this man. I am Noah Tarno, founder, senior quiz master of the Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. And what a spectacle it is, Noah! I gotta say. <laughs> Thank you. I I know you don't like I don't I know you don't like spectacular as as a noun, but at this point, it's become you know it's become a verbal tick for me. Why not? I got bigger things to worry about uh, I don't in know the world I, of my business than, I, than pleasing your word choice. I don't know if I mentioned this, but on the air, I learned this about um, uh, Disney, for instance, has a VP of spectacles. Spectacular, sorry, that spectacular. That doesn't surprise me. That I know, but it, it's such a corporate thing that, like, in the C-suite, they would come up with, well, we need another VP. And, you know, like, we definitely, Disney probably has as many VPs as there are humans in Liechtenstein, probably. But, um, <laughs> you know, you assume that it's like somebody thought, well, I mean, there's a whole quadrant here. There's a whole, like, who's who's in charge of nighttime spectaculars? You know, right. it's like, oh, everything that involves floats or people who wear LED lights or, you know, water fountain projections. We need one man or person leading the charge. And so therefore you have a VP of spectaculars. But in what other company would there be such a station? I can't think of anything. The, the, the U.S. government. But do you think that these people are really necessary? Like, do you think the person who is the VP of nighttime spectaculars, do you think that's a busy job or do you think... These are bullshit jobs. These people are seat fillers. These people, you know, five five jobs could be combined into one job. Do you uh, think? Do you think? In other words, do you think Disney is run inefficiently, or do you think it is just that big that it needs that the kind well, of human power? Well, no, I, I think Disney winds up being this gigantic cash cow where the feature film angle uh, of Disney was able to make as much garbage as they wanted. I mean, to be honest, Disney's movies are failure proof. I mean, they're stupid in a lot of cases. They keep making jungle books and Lion Kings and they, you know, succeed in spite of themselves. But the, the, you know, the theme park is this really antiquarian thing. Like actually, and especially now, let's just pretend for a second, we're not in the middle of the, you know, the plague people <laughs> going to these two plots of land on planet earth in, in America, the one in Orlando, and the one in Anaheim. And, you know, like they would innovate in, 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 you know, ride technology, be it holograms and or roller coasters or projections or, you know, whatever. It's like they're putting all this money into a place. You, you know, you can't amortize the cost of the theme park any other way than getting people to go to it. And that's such an old school thing like that almost doesn't work in, in modern consumer, you know, uh, uh, culture. Right. It's like now the whole thing is you got to be able to take it home with you. And it's one thing about buying a Disney glass. But to get the, you know, for Disney to make the most money out of its theme parks, you actually have to go to Orlando and ride on Space Mountain. And, you know, in some ways, um, yeah, I guess in that case, you do need a VP of, spect of spectacles to keep your firework game sharp along the way. But Disney is an example of something where the name is so big, they can keep going with an antiquated concept. And because they have such a big name, they can defy the trends. It's like when the New York Times instituted a paywall. I mean, now there are more paywalls, but at the time people were like, oh, look, it works. You can charge for journalism on the web. But people were saying, yeah, the New York Times can charge for journalism on the web. 
local paper can't charge, Joe Schmo blog can't charge. When you have a, a uniquely big name, people, you know, it's like I often say, celebrity is the most powerful force in show business, and celebrity includes my name is Disney, my name is the New York Times, right? You, you can defy the trends because you have such a name that people make an exception for you. This uh, is yeah. so relevant to our topic today. I, actually, in a way it is, but yeah, that's you a good pivot. You think so? All right. All right. No, there's, there is uh, something to it. Yes, yes. So, so on this show, our purview is always, you know, Bill and I are, are, are rapidly, uh, our insides are desiccating. We're getting old. And we want to look at something that's hot, that's new, that's current, that's trendy, the youngins may or may not like. And uh, today we are talking about the hottest new social media platform, though it is invite only, and it is currently iOS only. It is called Clubhouse. Can you give us the the rough stats, the 411, as the kids in 1995 would say, about Clubhouse? I can't. Oh, by the way, uh, you know, one of the first things I, I hate to be aggressive here, but you know, I wondered when I got when I got to overseas. It's like, oh, you know what? If there's an emergency, I can't call nine one one. See, that's something. One no. of those things they don't really tell you on the way in. It's like, you know, if there's something, go- <laughs> if the shit goes down, don't call nine one one. The number is one one two. If you're so if you're so interested, all right. Well, one one two. That what an inconvenience. You have to learn a new three digit sequence. Wow, that's uh, you shouldn't have moved. It's that's impossible, man. I don't know how you live your life. <laughs> and also, so, I I know it. I know nine one one's a great service to have, despite it might be a joke. But what? Yes. How often do you call nine one one? Me personally, I've never called nine one one. I happened. think I've called it once in the last twenty years. Right. That was when uh, somebody didn't bring you the right meal at a restaurant, right? You went full Karen exactly. on them. I yeah. called full Karen, all the Karen squared. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yes. You don't give then don't give us the one. Well, I guess one more. So what's the equivalent of four one one? Oh, you know, I didn't. I, I didn't think. You don't that. even like, know. You much don't like John Travol- even know. Like John Travolta said, I didn't go to Burger King. So uh, yeah, you didn't uh, go to Burger King. All right. So Clubhouse is an audio chat slash broadcasting app. Which was rolled out in April of 2020 uh, by two Silicon Valley types. These guys named um, Pete Davidson. No, that's not true. Paul Davison and his partner Rohan Seth, uh, the, who themselves, I believe, in the New York Times article I read, are described as like repeat innovators, because you know between them they've rolled out a couple of apps before. They've sold, you know, they, they've started companies and they've designed apps, and either they've shut them down because they ran out of runway, and or they sold them. So these guys, these two guys are savvy hands at the whole Silicon Valley thing. God knows. I, I don't want to know what that is. I don't care about it. It just makes me angry and it's confusing. So um, <laughs> Clubhouse is like Noah says. It's invite only. I mean, right right now, I remember that's, I think Facebook at the beginning, there was that exclusivity thing. Now, you can't even imagine a day. You go back to 2008 or whenever it was that it's like, oh, Facebook was a thing that you'd vie to be on because it was exclusive. And that really was one of the, you know, selling points of Facebook at the beginning. Two, um, two, two, 2005, I believe. Okay. Well, well we, being, I'm being, I don't I'm think. i pedantic. I don't think I got on until 07, maybe 08. I, I, I got remember. on in early 08, but. It was no longer exclusive at that time. No, right, right, so. right. Nor, nor will this be. But for the moment, yes. we're talking. Facebook about... was founded February fourth, two thousand four. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about this invite-only thing, which I mean, again, that's going to come up. That's part of the deal here. Um, so it, obviously, we start seeing invite-only. It confers a sense of exclusivity. Uh, that's the point. That's the point. Yeah, that's but come point. on, how hard is it to get an invite? 
Well, it's the sense that you can't get an invite. You know, that's it. All right, fine. So, uh, yeah, obviously, at a certain point, we get to a, a threshold or a level. That'll, that'll drop off. But for the moment, because this thing is just becoming hot during quarantine times, that's one of the uh, things. So, yes, and uh, again, to, to repeat, it's iPhone only. They have said that an Android version is coming soon, or at least in the words of their, their boilerplate speak, we are thrilled to begin work on an android version so who knows who knows what that means or when it means doesn't matter anyway so um this achieved the, the buzz that noah was describing the early heat because uh this guy davison had invited elon musk on board elon musk uh began in the parlance of um clubhouse he started a, what is it a conversation i guess the, is the term for a room or, or something like yeah, that yeah they call them rooms but you know it's sort of like Go ahead. I'll, I'll fill in the yeah. lines, as I always yeah, do, yeah. in your explanation so, doesn't, so, doesn't cut it. So Elon Musk comes in here, and he starts talking to Kanye, and that was kind of a—and this is only, I think, in the last 10 days, this this particular development. So people were astounded that you had these two pop culture figures. You know, one was insane. The other is just merely criminally insane. Uh, talking to each other on on the social media app. And in a way, this was the coming out party for Clubhouse. It's sort of de- a de- debutante ball. Um People got really excited. You know, you're you're watching this at live as it happens. I mean, you know, one the, the the point of this this clubhouse app is that it is essentially audio assemblies. It is like TED Talks, but with various levels of, of speakers and interlocutors. You know, like people show up live at a time, and there's no recorded uh, uh, yep. material. It it is you are there as this is happening. So some of it is just ad hoc, impromptu, this begins now. And some of it is, is people, you know, will make an appointment for something coming up and you will see that you want to do this or participate. You know, you have the ability to listen. You could you could sort of put your hand up and, and the, the moderators will, un, you know, they'll unmute your mic and you might have a shot at it. Maybe they will. Maybe, maybe they will. They will. I, mean, I will and, get and into that. Maybe they will. Or right, maybe they'll about... turn off raising your hand at all. So all you could do is sit there and listen to these idiots drone yes. up. Sorry, yes, yes, right, exactly. How, how brilliant they are and what their networking power yeah. is, the power of celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. The power of celebrity is, in fact, the driving engine for this thing. And that's why, you know, we hinted at that before. It, it really, it, it took Elon Musk and Kanye West. And then further, Elon Musk had um, invited Putin to like it was a it was a pie in the sky invite on Twitter. It was saying, "Hey, uh, Putin, do you want to like be in one of these conversation rooms?" God knows P- Putin would never do it, but it was more of a stunt of Elon Musk trying to flex in front of everybody. And it looked like it was you know a move on Clubhouse's behalf to add more buzz to this this up and coming social media platform that was having a pretty a pretty um, you know a pretty high two weeks uh, out of life. So anything, you know, we're describing a communication tool. This was quickly banned in China where accuracy accuracy of information, the ability to network unfettered is a very mortal threat to the Communist Party. Um, yeah, Noah, I think you have something to add. Uh, I'm interested in what you what you have to what you have to say about Clubhouse. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's not just the lectures. Theoretically, it's these rooms. I mean, you could get together in a private room with friends and talk and the audio quality is very good. Um you know, and again, it's just audio. You don't you, you see someone's profile photo, but there's no video at all. There's no way to share images. It's just a conversation. So it might be a lecture. You know, think of it like you're at a convention and someone's giving a, a, a talk and then you raise your hand and you come up to the microphone like that. Or it's a spontaneous podcast. It's two people having a conversation. And when you register, you say, this is what I'm interested in. I'm interested in sports. I'm interested in movies. And it recommends things for you. 
Um, there are regularly scheduled events, parties, comedy rooms, you know, whatever. I mean, people are throwing events there. I threw an event there, and I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, so it is definitely a new concept, I feel like, in social media. And I feel like it has a lot of potential. I feel like it's definitely different, and there's a lot that can be done with this. But I spent a fair amount of time with it, and I was almost completely disappointed. Um, you know, it might just be because it's new and people are still figuring it out. But so I, I put in the topics that I'm interested in, right? You know, let's let's have some talks about you know mysteries and paranormal crap, the kind of stuff I like to listen to podcasts about. Let's look at some of the trivia rooms. Uh, and of course, me being me, I looked in the one big karaoke room. And I got nothing out of any of it. The, the paranormal room I went to was just two idiots blabbing on saying nothing interesting, right? Nothing interesting. And since it wasn't a TED Talk and it wasn't a symposium at a convention, there's no editing, there's no uh, curation. So, you know, the standard to get in the door is so low that there's, it could just be crap and there's nothing to stop them from it. And of course, all these people are listening and all that. Uh, the trivia room at least had some effort behind it. It was weird. It was this dude talking like Jigsaw from the Saw movies, asking people trivia questions. They weren't very good, but at least they were trying. Um, questions were terrible. And the karaoke room was a fucking disaster. A shame. The uh, You know, I, look, I, I haven't talked about it much on this podcast, but those of you who know me know one of my passions is karaoke. And one of the things I love about karaoke is just, I feel like it's the essence of like, this is going to sound so cheesy, but it's like democratic. You know, I, I hate it when people are like, oh, I don't karaoke. I have a bad voice. It's irrelevant. Karaoke isn't about entertaining an audience. It's about entertaining yourself. If you want to sing, you get to sing. Those three minutes on the stage are yours, right? Now you, you made it fun and, for me. You, you almost single-handedly redefined yeah. karaoke for me. Thank you. Thank you. Right? So if you want to be a superstar and go out there and do a show, great. If you want to just mutter to yourself because... You know, maybe you're neurodivergent. I've seen people like that. That's fine as well. You know, it's about you. You're entertaining yourself. Um, this was like six people on the stage. They all had great voices. There's nothing wrong with that inherently. And like between songs, whoever the host was, was just talking about all the famous people he knew. There was no way to go up on stage and sing. <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. Oh my God, we're going to have a guest tomorrow night. He used to be a used to be a producer for American Idol, blah blah blah. Maybe so 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 contestants feel you know, this is your opportunity. There was no I kept trying to figure out how does one volunteer to sing? You don't. You don't. That's not karaoke. That's like fucking American Idol, the the clubhouse version. Uh and then I tried hosting an event. I said, you know what, I'll be casual about it. Hey, the big quiz thing asks you trivia questions. I'll go up, whoever shows up, I'll ask them trivia questions. We'll have a good time. We'll keep it casual. I did that. I invited people the best I could. You know, it's really kind of hard. You can really only invite people you're connected with. And then I wasn't connected with that many people because most of my friends aren't on Clubhouse. And uh, two of my friends showed up. So we just talked trivia for 10 minutes and then just talked. So that was a pleasant experience. But like, you know, and I guess I could put my back into building a, an event on Clubhouse. But what's the point of that? I got enough things keeping me busy. So, again, I don't need another platform to try to promote my business on. So, the bottom line is I like the concept. I think there's potential here. But, A, I, it's not professional enough for me to really get at the concept. The bar is too low. There's no curation. There's no editing. 
So I feel like it's just, it's crap out there. And yes, if I took the time to find the good stuff in the crap, maybe I'd get some value at it. Because again, I think the concept, there's a lot there. There's a lot of potential there. But, you know, it's funny. It's like podcasts, spontaneous podcasts, you could call it that. But I know, Bill, we talked about this. One of the things about podcasts is podcasts are very hit or miss. You can find a podcast on a topic you love and still think it sucks. Why? Because the hosts are bad or their interplay is bad, right? This is this amps up the hit or miss element because you can't listen to it when you want. It has to be appointment listening, right? And I don't know who these people are, so they could be fucking talking about ghosts and UFOs, stuff that I like listening to podcasts about. But if they're idiots and they have no insight, then screw it. I have no use for it. Uh, you know, if you listen to podcasts randomly, you're likely to miss out. So maybe in the future I'll get into Clubhouse, but for now, I, I don't need to go back. You know, I, I, I got stuck on this point right up front, um, which is people who are in this business of designing apps and, and you know, recontextualizing communication between people using all the various tools that we have at our disposal, which seem to increase, I don't know, every single year, every single decade. In a way, this is this is just packaging the human voice. I mean, th- this is telephony to some degree. And these guys are getting rich over. I mean, I know it's more complicated than that. But at the same time, it's also as simple as that. The idea that people can get fabulously wealthy. They become millionaires and billionaires just over putting a place for the human voice, which is a technology as old as, you know, Alexander Graham Bell to some degree. And even the idea of the party line, you know, that existed in the 50s and 60s. You know, like at at a point, there was a point in American technology where you would pick up the phone and you could hear all the people who were just in the common switchboard area when the technology supported that kind of thing. You had to sort of specify a private line between two people. And I mean, that, granted, that might as well not have happened. That I might as well be talking about the Treaty of Ghent or something. I, I get it. I'm an old <laughs> man here. But, but I mean, you know, like to, to see that people keep recontact, like even when the podcast came out, you know, the podcast was, what is this strange shape of media? You know, uh, look at this thing that's never existed before. It's a small packet, a program that is themed and edited, and you listen to the audio version in your ears. And it's like, wow, imagine if such a thing had ever happened before. Imagine if there had been such a thing as radio or book on tape. You know, and granted, I don't know, people aren't getting as wealthy off of podcasts, presumably, because it's not as proprietary as this. But anyway, that, that that's just that's just a preface. That's just, you know, me, me shooting my stupid middle-aged mouth off about this kind of thing. So, I mean, I think I agree with everything you said in terms of that. That was my experience as well. Um, you know, you're the one that gave me the invite. No, I did. There was no other way I was going to get in. Nor did, I didn't know anybody who, who maybe had a, a, a chit to be able to enter the room. So uh, I had there's there's a structural flaw for me being over in Europe, which is that most of the worlds I'm going to look at are most likely going to be either East, East Coast or West Coast time zoned. So I was checking this out before noon, Amsterdam, and there was nothing going on. I mean, yes, you have, this is already a, a thing that is not fully inhabited. You don't have a breadth of content as it is right now. But then beyond that, the content you do have is going to be either California or New York or East Coast based. So uh, the East Coast and the West Coast were not awake yet. So there wasn't something for me to stumble onto serendipitously with the so-called appointment viewing. You know, there were a couple of things on the calendar. But to your point about listing your interests up front... 
all I found I was being offered were networking, increase my yield. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of it. I mean, it's an Elon Musk world, you know? That's that's what these people are about, totally. I mean, I, I get it, but it, it, I mean, it, it it seems like this thing coming off the ground, certainly there is some social stuff. There's got to be uh, stuff that is wind up being cultural, but it looked like this was out-of-the-box designed as a networking tool for people who are in business, people who are either trying to flog a product or to make a connection. But, or... but, but those are the people who are always at the vanguard of a new social media. I mean, and does por- that surprise yeah. you? Porn users, too. Who knows how this thing is going to yes. be turned into. Porn users. Yeah. Well, no, I, you're is right. Is that still? It's like, like uh, well, the, there used to be phone lines he called, and it was some woman told a story about, you know, fucking a cab driver. So I guess yeah. it's like that, right? Right, right. But so, so uh, right, the idea of the, the subscription thing, it's, or the appointment thing, I should say, it's really tough to kind of go back to the idea that you need to be there when something is happening. I know there's a nostalgia yeah, to it. Yeah. Well, and, but that that is, a, look, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll complain about this forever. When I first said the idea, of doing an online trivia show and people are like it's got to be available all the time it can't be appointment thing and then i right. let, i forgot the idea and then hq trivia took off and i'm like see see but yeah. whatever i i didn't i didn't have the backing and i didn't have the initiative so it wasn't yeah well you had you had the vision but again the vision is like had, people around vision, you beat yeah yeah well, beat vision is more me- jack shit if you don't do anything with it yeah mm-hmm. my dad also claims it was his idea to have a coffee shop in a bookstore but you know what? He didn't do anything about it, so he doesn't get credit for that. Okay. It's not. It's not called Tarnos. It was called Borders. No, that's what you're saying. Yes, exactly. He had this idea in the '60s. <laughs> he talked about it for a week, and that was it. So he does not get to come claim credit for it. So I, I like like what you're saying is interesting in the abstract. It's just I didn't see a single second of anything in the time I worked, and and I doubt that I could get to something that would be interesting enough to me to not delete Clubhouse after a week. Um, unless somebody, if I saw stuff that was pop culture, if I saw stuff that was either comic book based or that was movie based or, you know, whatever it is that are my quadrants in terms of the, the stuff that I eat with my eyes and my ears, uh, the podcast I watch, the YouTube channels, if this could somehow supplement that. On the other hand, you know, this already exists in Discord, something that we never talked about on this show. Discord yeah, is... Yeah, yeah, Discord- I didn't think of that. It's already Clubhouse, and uh, you know somebody got rich off of Discord to begin with. And Discord, the beauty of it is that kids alighted upon Discord and made it into what it is already. You know, Discord is a going, you know, bumping, thriving brand. And there, there's already, I already have the option to go to Discord. I'm ignoring Discord, and there's a lot of movie-based stuff. There's a lot of comic-based stuff. There's a lot of adjunct podcast culture happening on discord that i am opting to not go to because again it is it is it's happening for me at five in the morning because it's late east coast and it's middle of the night west coast time so i can't i can't play that game unless i'm going to stay up super late in the morning again that's that's my own particular geographic uh embargo i get it uh but if i'm not using discord where all this stuff already exists and i'm sure as hell not going to pick up a new app which is just you know it's finding its way so who the fuck cares if it's got Elon Musk and, and, and Kanye West, you know, the, the, the power of celebrity, you know, if you have Brad Dourif, the guy who did the voice of Chucky, that's the kind of celebrity <laughs> that could drive me to something. Yes, I'm not going yes, to go to the yes. fucking guy who's making money off the Tesla cars. That's that's the that's the app. That's the reverse of an, a celebrity uh, appeal to me. But I get, you know, I, that's it's not for me. The key thing that separates it from other social media apps is it's audio only. It's sort of like if podcasts and convention panels could happen anywhere, anytime, and you could participate in them. It's definitely a thing of the moment. I believe the New York Times headline was, you know, 
Clubhouse breaks out, has a moment. It's been around for a year. So, you know, why are people glomming onto this, at least for now? This is a lot of crossover with Zoom to some degree, even though they're two different forms. It is the time in which it pops up and it is the second social networking type scenario that we've talked about since the beginning of uh, pandemic lockdown. So, I mean, this is another form of social media. It's it's new, uh, newish, but I mean, a lot of people are only hearing about it, hearing about it now. Uh, the veneer of exclusivity, we can mention that again. It's it, it's pending that it's going to fall away, but for right now, it's still invite only, and that counts. People think that that makes it hard to get into, and maybe they're right, but it makes them wanted if they can't get in just by you know election. Um, I, and, here, you know, speaking of New York Times, I was reading this one article in the Times about how Vanilla Ice did one of these. And, you know, people just felt like they were charmed that they got to talk to Robbie Van Winkle for like an hour and a quarter. You know, Seriously, how low that the standard for, ooh, I got to talk to Vanilla Ice, the most hated but, celebrity of the 90s. But, but what's the next, next, next to OJ? <laughs> but, but why would the New York Times go? Through, why would this be a lead in an article about it if it somehow wasn't? Important? Yes, you're right. It's a joke. But yet somehow the cachet of Vanilla Ice doing this is enough to, to lead a New York Times article about this new form of social media. So it, it, to me, it's trash, but obviously it's something, you know. Look, for some reason, TikTok, uh, Snapchat at one point was really buzzy. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, these things at the beginning look like there are, you know, there's something extremely attractive and appealing about it. Like it's some new slant on social media you've never seen before. Regardless if I could tell you, you know, this is just reproducing the process of phone calling or, you know, show watching, you know, for, yeah, for, the, but it's, for the, you know, it's the millionth iteration uh, of these things. But for the moment, it, it people are going to seem like or they're going to be impressed by the fact that this is ephemeral entertainment, that you have to be in front of it while it's happening. There's not cached versions of the conversation. You can't go back and listen to a symposia like I was listening today about something about... There's a doctor that was doing a sort of FAQ about vaccinations. And I, I, I clicked in and there was a woman asking the doctor why she should take the vaccine. And I just felt like, Jesus. Uh, refrain from frisbeeing my phone into the canal. Do everything I can to hold on to this in my hand. And yeah, it's like, that's what you're going to see. It's probably going to be. What, 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 did, what, did the, what did the doctor say? Did he say because the vaccine will keep you from getting a deadly disease that's ravaging the globe? At, I tuned out midway through her long rambling. I her talking about I don't have insurance. I haven't had insurance in 2006. So if there's side effects, I can't cover them. And I have a you know weak immune system to begin with. And I have all these you know comorbidities. And she just kept going on and on about all the reasons she shouldn't take the vaccine. I'm like, I can't listen to this. I can't. And I was just like, it, that... That morning, that hour, it looked like five of the channels were all vaccine-related um, symposia. Okay. And I'm like, you know. Yeah, look, you're right. Everyone's looking for the new thing. And especially now, we're desperate for community because we can't go places and our lives have been upended. Ten months in, you know, they, they talk about the pandemic wall. I, I don't think wall is the right metaphor because, we, you know, it's more like jello slogging through or swamp, right, or a morass, something like that. It's just... You know, we keep moving, and of course, it keeps. You know, if it's a wall, it, it it's a, it's many walls. It's almost like hurdles, like we're we're equestrians. Um, but you know, do you remember? It's probably ten years ago now, five years ago now. There was a new social media website app called Ello. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember getting the invite for, or being told, right. "Oh, you should, you should get on Ello." Right. 
Elo, when everyone signed up for Elo, there was like a week where everyone was signing up for Elo, and I don't know of anyone who spent more than 10 minutes on it. The idea was it was like Facebook, but stripped down, very bare bones. And we all lost interest in it. And the way I saw it, the, the rush to get on Elo was two things. One, there's a new thing. I want to be on top of it because I want to be current. I want to be cool. I want to be ahead, you know, like a lot of these people who are early on, the entrepreneurs, the investors, you know, you got to stay ahead of things if you want to win the game. Then just something I feel from a business standpoint, like, oh, am I going to get to a point in six months where if my business doesn't have a presence on, L, on, on, uh, on, I can't remember, it's called Clubhouse, I'm going to look like the fucking Flintstones. There's that push as well. But Elo had another thing, which I think might be at work here, is like we all realize that Facebook is fucking corrosive and evil and Twitter somewhat the same. But we need that hit of social media, not only for practical purposes, but also for how am I going to keep in touch with people if I don't have social, you know, never mind you were able to keep in touch with people before the year 2005, right? So I think we're all looking for the thing that's going to absolve us of Facebook that's going to free us from Facebook, that's going to replace Facebook. We can still get the networking, we can still get the business promotion, we can still get the social connectedness, but without being slaves to Zuckerberg. I think Elo was a lot of that, we realized it didn't do that. Now, that was a long time ago, and Facebook is even more insidious in the public mind now, but we use it even more. So I have to wonder if some of Clubhouse's appeal, and I think Clubhouse has got way more to it than I remember Elo having, but uh, if part of Clubhouse's appeal is, oh, let's jump on the new thing, and maybe if we're lucky, this will free us from Facebook. I don't see that, but you never know. I do think there's a lot of potential here. Discord is an interesting comparison. I didn't even think of that. My impression with Discord is Discord is pretty much just for gaming. I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be, but but that's how it's been branded. So it's hard to get away from that branding. There's Club, an impression. Clubhouse, you're, not, you're not wrong, yeah. Right. Clubhouse, like you said, a lot of it is about the, uh, you know, the the networking, but it doesn't have to be. And there are other things, you know, as much as the karaoke made me want to shoot someone, it was karaoke. As much as the trivia wasn't great, it was <laughs> trivia. As you know, talk about vaccines, talk about other, I mean, there are a lot of topics there. Currently, you can only get into Clubhouse with an invite to the app, but a lot of really high profile names are already on the service. Elon Musk, Chris Rock, Oprah Winfrey, Mark Cuban. I mean, from tech to comedy and everything in between, there are a lot of big names on Clubhouse. Now, Eterno, tell me, would you have liked Clubhouse if you were a kid? Uh, uh, more more so. I Probably, yes. Yeah, because uh, a lot of the problems I have with it wouldn't seem as much problems for me, right? Um, like I say, I get the concept. I think there's a lot of appeal to the concept. And one of my biggest problems with it is that I think it's, you know, the bar is too low, the amateurishness. And if I had been raised in the 21st century, I'd be more amenable to amateurishness. I'd have more patience for people not being polished. So those things would bother me less. There'd probably be more out there I'd be interested in. You know, more likely I'd be into video games. More likely I'd be into self-promotion, things that I'm really not comfortable with and have to be dragged kicking and screaming into when I have to deal with them. So tech, another thing, tech in general. So yeah, I think it's entirely likely, not that I'd be one of these people who's newly obsessed with it, but that I definitely have a warmer feeling to it and more of a desire to engage with it. What about you? Yeah, uh, I'm going to hearken us back to a day, Noah, where uh, people like us, 
and by that I mean, you know, white nerds who were suburban based, were not represented culturally by the common gestalt at the moment. Whereas, you know, every single thing that we were interested in at one point is the pop culture. Um, you know, you talk about Superman and your, your movies, uh, Wanda and the vision on your TV and, you know, PlayStations and all that stuff. Um, the stuff that I loved was kind of underground and even a little shameful. And I say underground. I mean, it wasn't underground like I was listening to Bad Brains albums. I'm just saying it was not popular or somehow socially acceptable to read comics and to be, you know, into G.I. Joe toys and stuff like that. You know, I'm just going back to the late 80s and 90s. So uh, I could definitely see Clubhouse will get to this point. I'm not saying today in February of 2020 when it's there, but I know that that ideal of something I would have wanted when I was 17, 18 years old, if I could have found a comic book salon or a Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. Room. Oh, my God. Dude, yeah. I mean, this is yeah. the thing. I, I, now but, 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 but this is my point. You liked comic books. You like Mystery Science Theater. If you liked those things, if you were a kid now, your equivalent to those would be the things they're already talking about on Clubhouse, or more That's likely it. to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they're not—they're not so much there because there's not a need. But I think that the hunger, the starvation, the sort of thirst for that kind of because there, there weren't people to, to bullshit about the Silver Surfer with. You know, there weren't people to talk about. Uh, Manos, the hands of fate. I mean, there there was a secret society of handshake people. You know, maybe there was some zines and things like that. I mean, I'm, I'm going way back here. I'm going way back before we had the you know chance to digitally disseminate information. It was mostly print, and it was just magazines and things you you got on the shelf in a comic book store. Um, and there was very little way of talking about these things other than to hang out at the comic book store and deal with the coterie of people, the misfits who would walk in and out. You know, they weren't all the people you wanted to be around, but they were the people who were reading Silver Surfer at the time. So uh, Clubhouse is the kind of thing that I would say we definitely needed maybe more of in 1989 than we do today, because anything you're going to talk about on Clubhouse is probably represented 10 billion ways on 10 billion other social media things. Not to say that it hurts to have another avenue for it, but it's, it's precisely the sort of thing that I, yeah, I, I would have alighted to this so quickly. Maybe I would have been one of those, um, not the gamer kids, but sort of finding a use for Discord if I was at the age that, you know, that somebody started, you know, the Fantastic Four room, uh, you know, on Discord. There was a server specifically for, uh, what were they, the, the Vertigo comics from DC, if you were there to talk about Sandman or whatever. Uh, that would have been mana for a kid. Um, and again, but it's hard for me, 14, 15 years old, to imagine a world where this stuff is the, is the monoculture. But luckily, we live in it now, so it sort of obviates the need for it in retrospect. You can add a topic. And it can be as silly or as serious as you want it to be. I am going to sit here and say, um, debate me, cereal is soup. So I'm going to set my topic. And um, I mean, it's a really serious topic, you guys. Bill, does the existence, uh, the emergence, the possible domination of Clubhouse, in any way do those things uh, augur the apocalypse? I mean, on, on a strictly you know, momentary technical basis? No, because this is just telephony redefined. I mean, it's the same concept of packaging the human voice for the ear and a different rapper. But I, I, the more I thought about this, this, you know, segment of our show, I thought, oh, you know, my, my notes eventually went over to the saying that social networking can be a force for good. And I think that we like to use it as such. I think that, you know, we, we are among the coterie of people who try to surround ourselves with positive voices if not people who walk in lockstep, I think people who are nutritive to us and essentially make the world a better place by hearing about them. That's the kind of thing we like to do. Um, 
shortly, though, you know, the future you're envisaging for Clubhouse is going to be the same cesspool of antisocial malady. It's going to have the racism. It's going to have the misinformation. It's going to have the inhumanity and the cruelty and all these things that the rest of the preeminent social media services already feature. So my, my point to this was that I was thinking, well, no, this isn't a sign of the apocalypse, but it's like, in a way, I'm already counting out that this is going to turn into a horrible place that you're going to have to seriously <laughs> prune and prune and curate your own version of this to stay away from the horror. So in a, in a certain way, we're already kind of living in that apocalypse. And, you know, we're just waiting for Clubhouse to be beset by the same forces that have made the pre-existing social media terrible to be around. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a little bit of both. Uh, yeah, the way I see the potential, I think all those are good points, but the the thing I talked about before that I, I think is a sign of the apocalypse is, and something we talk about in the show a lot, is the further lowering of standards. The fact that, you know, it, 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 the gatekeepers are gone. And there's good things about that. It means a more diversity of voices, but diversity of voices, diversity, unfortunately, also sometimes includes morons. And like you said, racists and monsters and people like that. But let's put that aside and just talk about people who are unqualified. But but you not know, sexist. I'm, I'm okay with the sexist, though, Noah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, this is this is something we see from YouTube and all this. People who become celebrities, people who become authorities, people who become experts simply because they have a lot of eyeballs or ear holes attuned to them, right? There, there's no level of, you know, oh, well, this guy has a has a video on global warming's fake because this one idiot with 8 billion followers on YouTube says global yeah. warming's fake. Fucking even though, Jordan Peterson. You're absolutely right. Yes. Right, right. Even though he's, you know, he didn't spend one day studying science. So, right, like, are we going to get to a point where instead of the guy talking about Comic-Con being the expert on the history of comic books during world war ii it becomes the jerk off who who opens a clubhouse room that any moron could do and for whatever reason attracts right place right time viral lottery attracts a number of people so that is a sign of the apocalypse that adheres to a lot of things we talked about in the history of the show when the standards for celebrity for authority get lower i mean standards for celebrity getting lower is bad enough but standards for authority getting lower is how you get global warming denial is how you get vaccine denial is how you get president Donald Trump or Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. I mean, there are too many examples right now to not make me cry. So, um, yeah, that's a potential sign of the apocalypse. And I really see that clubhouse could be, could fuel that. I mean, the fact that I went to these rooms, that were ostensibly about topics I was interested in and lots of people were listening and they had nothing to offer, you know, that, that points in that direction. Should you use it? Um, I think it's a really cool way to connect with and actually speak directly to A-list celebrities. You're not just tweeting at them or posting on their Facebook page. Noah, tell me about jealousy. How is this inflaming a sense of envy for you? Oh my God, I'm completely jealous of this because <laughs> I could talk about bullshit and no one listens. Yeah. And we, of course- We, do. I we did. are, we are right now. Yeah, well, no one listens, you know, fuck that. If we did this on Clubhouse instead of a podcast, how many listeners would we have? But, we, we but don't look, I did, my, I did my little trivia event. It was just my two friends showing up, right? And then I go to the other trivia event that isn't as good, and it's a bunch of people there. Like, yeah, of course I'm jealous because I'm better than them. Fuck them. But, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a person who is known to be plagued by jealousy from time to time. I, I ain't made a stone, my friend. I ain't made a stone.
I have a structural jealousy that I set up front, which is that people can continually, people in technological situations, these, these so-called innovators, can continually reinvent existing formats of technology with a certain twist, and they're heralded as these masters of the form. Yeah. Oh, God. God. It's, it's like, I, I know, like, okay, we had all these things already, and people gravitated away from them for other, like, I can't, I can't wrap my head around the fact that people do not use the telephone feature of their phones. They just don't use them. And some, <laughs> somehow we're being told that, oh, this is, this is, this heralds a new, a new form of communication. Yeah. It's like, you mean the way yeah. we always could, but we turned our backs yeah. on very intentionally? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, 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 I don't understand. Like, it's like they're going contrary to what we're told we're supposed to do. And look, I'm the guy, I don't use, I, I too do not like using the phone anymore. There's something about, I would rather deal with a text I, of somebody. I, I like it with certain people. I like oh, it with certain people. people certain people. Yeah. Right, right. But for the most part, uh, if it's the world coming at me, I like the uh, sort of salad bar a la carte manner of interaction that that text and small messaging gives you. You know, various yeah. friends on WhatsApp or, or you know, iMessage. Or, I, however, I, I also think phone is better for business in a lot of ways. Trust me. Yeah. When I I have a rule with my company where uh, the hosts need to have a phone call with a client before because that's how you cut through the bullshit and that's how you communicate directly. Oh because yeah. It's, much, many, it's, it's quicker. How yeah, many absolutely. emails, how many texts do you get where you don't really understand what they're saying? Right. Totally. I yeah. mean, or, or they type out bullshit that doesn't make sense. And you're like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> we need to, no, seriously. I mean, this, this bothers me. People, they, they, they don't proofread. So they say, is it all right if it lasts, you know, blank minutes? Cause they forgot to type a number and they send the email, and I don't know. So I got to get it directly from them instead of 15 emails back and forth. What did you mean? What did you mean? What did I mean? What did you mean? What did you mean? What did I mean? <laughs> Fuck it. Phone call cuts to the bullshit. I'm the guy who is talking to people on WhatsApp. I'm talking to Dutch people. you know. And the thing is, is that they, they are code switching back and forth from Dutch to English, as I am too, trying to play the game. But again, that it, it makes communication very difficult. But trying to text in a second language that I'm poor at and understand it. Yes, I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. There is something to just the phone call that winds up becoming this free base, essential conversation, yeah. just bare bones. You're absolutely right. But your your point of being mad at, you know, oh, these innovators, always held as innovators, sorry. I'm going to be Mr. Total Whiny here for a minute, but... One of one of the thing when I worked at Time Out in New York and I would edit the food coverage, I re, partly because I'm just not a foodie. I really got tired of celebrity of celebrity chef worship. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not going to name names partly because I don't remember his name. But there was one guy. Every six months he would open a new restaurant. Every six months it would fail, and every time he opened a new restaurant, it, he got like some huge article and talked about what a genius he was. And I might have even written like a, a smarmy query to the food editor once going like, why are we always hyping up this guy? Clearly he's bad at his job because every restaurant <laughs> fails. Like he opens a restaurant, a billion people come, it gets a ton of press and then it closes. Like why are, why are we honoring this dude? He clearly sucks. But, you know, I mean, maybe that was his gimmick. Is that he would do this crazy audacious stuff? He would never pay attention to the bottom line, and I mean, I guess years later, stepping back, I can I can be less jealous about it and just say like, look, whatever. He was he clearly was entertaining to these food people, so why not? I mean, you know, maybe his bank account was shit and he's homeless now, so I probably shouldn't be jealous of him. I don't know. Maybe now we call, now we call those pop up concepts. It's the same thing. Yeah, just exactly. Have a word for it. Yeah. Every time I'm like, this guy again? Like the last place failed. <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, speaking whatever. of uh, uh, transient um, ideas, Noah, let's go to the fallopian scale. Yeah. The the yes. x y axis of Jimmy Fallop, uh, based on Jimmy Fallop, yeah. that that covers everything, the wide gamut and vast yeah. array of topics we talked about. Um, so where does where does yeah. this fall on said scale? So I'm going to say that this is exactly exactly scientifically atomically to the micron to the angstrom the, same, the angstrom at the, to the the lepton <laughs> at uh, that sense. i didn't study science which is why i don't make youtube videos about global warming That's true. um i think this is exactly the same spot as tiktok and i will tell you why it is the new concept that's not so new that i don't get much out of but I think there's a ton of potential there. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. But in many ways, it's very different from TikTok. I mean, I like how not colorful it is. That's another thing compared to LO, very bare bones. I mean, yeah, it's, text, I just, it's all it, text-based, yeah. Right. It, well, not text. It's There's text and voice. That's it. And the little right. photos of people. But visually, so, it's just text. There's yeah. I, 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 I think there's a lot of potential here. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm curious to see where it goes. Uh, it's interesting because I, I, for the same exact reasons, I thought of it much like Snapchat. Which so the trajectory mm. I'm calling is is down. No, I get. I, I this is way better. I didn't understand Snapchat. I understand this. Snapchat was bigger. It was broader, but it was somehow unsustainable. I could, you know what? I don't know. I can't forensically go. I don't. I don't have an autopsy on why Snapchat failed. Because again, it, it's as, it's as, um, it's Chinese music, as as we like to say on this on this show. Um, but I mean, the thing is, when we looked at Snapchat, there was no way of knowing it had this, you know, lit fuse that was going to burn down. We just were looking at it as if it was, oh, it's this big thing. And there were people who were, you know, you had athletes on it, you had pop culture people, you had porn stars, you had, you know, people were covering every single topic imaginable. ESPN, they all had channels on Snapchat. And, uh, you know, it, it was setting itself up to look like it was the future of something. And then who knows, a couple of years later, two and a half years later, it's it's a freaking uh, bookmark. It doesn't mean anything anymore. It's it's, it's uh, Walden books. Who knows what it used to be? Um, but I mean, I understand. I think we're describing the same thing. It's just that you're taking an upward trajectory and I'm looking at something that I think for the moment is useless and ephemeral. But, you know, whatever. When we do... Uh, I don't redux it, and we talk about our topics for a second time. Uh, maybe we'll have right, a, a different right. assessment of the show. Yeah. Well, when we are that a new generation of fans discovering, I don't get it. Right. The, who are the Who are the first? I don't get it. Babies, Noah. The uh, the super fans no. who had children, and then their right. fans, like like Roy Thomas, are now listening to the episodes. Their exactly. To. Exactly. No, the people who find our voices so enticing that they turn on our podcast to make love. <laughs> and children, children who are literally conceived to the sounds of our whiny middle-aged voices. Uh, yeah, that would be very right. interesting. Yeah, it's the twenty. By the way, I, I Barry Barry White. Yeah, I have a little list in my head of all the children who basically owe their lives to me because their parents, you know, arguably met or came together because of my influence. So there's a list of like ten kids, and like someday when I'm old and poor and you know pooping into a diaper and living in a trailer i'm gonna call these kids up and, and have them send me money or or maybe let me live in their guest house or something you owe, you uh, owe me you little life. fucks you owe us yeah. all yes you owe me you would not be here to have this conversation if i hadn't said something obnoxious that got your parents to bond over what an <laughs> asshole I was. There is, there's a blood debt here that was incurred at the sleep yes, room yes exactly in 2007. exactly you little fuck there's yeah. 
there's a couple of uh, students in my college a couple years behind me and they were just friends and I was acquainted with them. And I looked at them one day and I said, someday you two are going to get married. And they just laughed. And two years later, they started dating. And now I believe they have two children. And wow. even though I don't, I don't talk to these people beyond being Facebook friends with them and I've never met their children, you know, those kids are in the back of my mind. All right, Bill, take us home, my friend. All right, everybody, look, uh, if you want to copulate to a sound of our voice, you want to get turned Jesus. on beyond, beyond the, the ken of human beings. You got, you you got many opportunities, many opportunities. Many opportunities. You want to find, yeah, whatever the mood is, whatever you guys are into, whatever your particular <laughs> kink is, you will find an episode to accompany your uh, bedroom, your boudoir activities. So you'll find those, uh, our array of erogenous marital aids on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Oh, I'm grossing myself out just thinking about it. Tweet to us at <laughs> Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill, don't get it at gmail.com. Give us a review on uh, adamandeve.com. I don't know what, is, <laughs> what they do these things. I don't know. Anyway, I'm on Mar- Twitter. I love marital aids. It's so, such it's- a... Such an old cliche for what? Sex toys, right? They call yeah. sex toys sex toys marital. I mean, it's Mar- true. It can be true, you know. Somebody else is marital, but yeah, in some case. Yeah. So I'm on Twitter. If you want to tell me how gross you think I am and how much I've ruined your mealtime, uh, at William Scurry, <laughs> I'm on YouTube, youtube.com slash amcaesar. And Noah goes now. Yeah, I'm all about the big quiz thing, bigquizthing.com, corporate and private trivia events nationwide, fundraisers. Uh, we're doing a lot of fundraisers, and the good thing about those virtually is that they're open to all, so I should start promoting those more so people can play and give money to a good cause. Uh, we got a fun one coming up, actually, this Thursday. We're doing our third fundraiser for a good organization called 4CT, the Connecticut uh, COVID Charity Connection. It is an initiative uh, basically uh, initiated, initiative initiated, that's good, by Connecticut's governor, Ned Lamont. He was actually at our last event. And it's to get various charities around Connecticut uh, working together to help people who are suffering from the epidemic. And we've had a lot of fun with them, a, a few great events. And our next one is this Thursday, February 25th. So um, go to our Facebook page or our Twitter feed, best way to find out, get tickets, uh, you know, give to a good cause and have a good time. I will be your host, in fact. So uh, learn about that and more at So until the next episode, we, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2021.